Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? For today's video, I'm going to continue the series where I break down each NFL division and today we're going to be wrapping up the AFC by going over the AFC South, the Titans, Colts, Texans, and Jaguars. If you guys are watching this video and find yourself enjoying the content, please leave a like and subscribe. I would really appreciate it. And also make sure you guys let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section and I'll make sure to get back to you. Let's get into it. We've got to start off with the Tennessee Titans and looking at the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill has been a fantasy football value for the past two seasons. He's finished top 10 in points per game in 2019 and in 2020, even though he wasn't picked top 10 in drafts. So he's definitely been a solid pick the last two years, but I do expect to see some regression from him in 2021. With all the departures the Titans have dealt with this offseason, I just don't see how Tannehill can maintain the production he had in 2019 and 2020. Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, and Adam Humphreys are all gone, and you've only brought in Josh Reynolds. Going into 2021, I think the touches in this offense are going to be heavily concentrated between Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. And that's why I have Derrick Henry as my RB3 for this year. He's logged 300 plus carries in back-to-back -back years and has only missed two games in his five-year career. And I know running backs historically have not done well after rushing for 2,000 yards, but I really think this is a pretty poor excuse to be fading Derrick Henry. In my eyes, the only way Derrick Henry isn't a top five fantasy running back next year is if he gets injured and I'm just not going to project an injury on a guy who's proven to be exceptionally healthy, especially at the running back position when injuries are common. You know, I can't just go out there and say, oh, Derrick Henry's gotten a lot of work, so he's going to be injured this year. When he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, he only gets better later in the season when he gets more touches. So he's a guy that I'm not going to be scared of targeting this year. Moving on to AJ Brown, he finished 2020 as the number five wide receiver in points per game. Despite playing the entire season with serious injuries on both of his knees, he had surgery on both knees after the season and was basically told that his season could be over in week two, but he played through that and still finished as a wide receiver one. AJ Brown has been a big time playmaker in the NFL and he really hasn't had to rely on volume in the receiving game just because he was such a big play guy. However, with all the losses to this receiving core, AJ Brown now has the ability to combine that big play and touchdown upside with a higher target share. And so that's the reason why I'm so high on AJ Brown this year. I currently have him as my wide receiver three behind Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs. I really just think if he can finish as number five without getting a ton of volume, now that all these targets have been vacated, he really has a perfect opportunity now to step in and really finish as a top, top tier wide receiver one for fantasy. Another guy in this wide receiver core that I have my eyes on is Josh Reynolds, and I really think he's a solid late round wide receiver target, and it's honestly not due to his skill as a player, it's more due to the role he may be able to fill. I think he has the ability to step in to the Corey Davis slot from last year, where he was the number two wide receiver, and honestly put up fairly solid fantasy production. The Titans are going to need someone to step up in that offense, and I think Josh Reynolds has the opportunity for that to be him. I also like Anthony Ferkser as a late round tight end target. I talked about him in my late round tight end video, but I just think with all of Jonu Smith's vacated targets and red zone opportunities, he's another guy where if he earns it, can step in and produce well at the tight end position. Let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts, and starting at the quarterback position, 
I think Carson Wentz is a pretty great value in drafts this year. If you're playing in super flex or maybe in larger leagues, like 14, 16 team leagues, because right now he's being picked at quarterback 22, which I think is way too low. Last year, Carson Wentz finished as QB 21 in points per game, despite playing basically as poorly as he possibly could have. So, I mean, he regressed an insane amount from his first two years of production, and he still finished as quarterback 21. So I don't understand now why he's being drafted as quarterback 22. I just don't see any way that he doesn't improve his play now that he has a much better team and coaching staff around him with the Colts. Moving on to the running back position, I have Jonathan Taylor ranked as my RB6, and I do understand that there's going to be a regression in the receiving game going from Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz. Rivers, great at hitting his running backs. Wentz, not so much. Basically polar opposites in that regard. But being the full-time running back in that backfield, I really expect him to get at least 280 carries, which I really think should allow him to put up some solid fantasy RB1 numbers. Last year, none of the Colts pass catchers were startable for fantasy, but I am okay with taking a late round shot on a guy like T.Y. Hilton. He really hasn't been the same since Andrew Luck retired, but you know, maybe he finds some chemistry with Wentz and can regain his form as a wide receiver one in that offense. Another guy who I think is draftable in the later rounds is Michael Pittman. He put together a pretty average rookie year. He caught 40 passes for 503 yards and a touchdown in 13 games. And you obviously would have liked to see more out of him in his rookie year, but you know, there's always a chance he could take a big jump in 2021. And so it's not going to be a bad play to spend a late round pick on a young wide receiver who has a shot at being a top dog in this offense. Let's move on to the Houston Texans where there's just a whole lot of confusion going on with this team. They're basically going to be a wasteland this year. I would be truly surprised if they won more than three games. I mean, they went 4-12 and last year and that was with Deshaun Watson playing at an MVP caliber level. So now you've gone from Deshaun Watson to Tyrod Taylor. I mean, I really think this team is just going to be brutal. It really doesn't look like Deshaun Watson is going to be playing to start the season. You know, we have all these allegations against him. There hasn't been much clarity surrounding all of that. And even if he is cleared to come back, I really just don't think he's going to play for the Texans again. He's made that clear. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to be traded. So I'm not holding out on any hope that Deshaun Watson is going to return to this offense. And I have no interest in Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. There's really only two players that I have any interest in from this Texans offense. And the first is wide receiver Brandon Cooks. Even if the team is terrible, they're still going to need to throw the ball to someone. And I think Brandon Cooks could see a decent amount of volume. He's just a pretty solid receiver overall. He's gone for at least a thousand receiving yards in five of his last six seasons. So, you know, he's a guy, he's going to be able to get some receptions, some volume, and could put up some respectable numbers and is likely going to be undervalued, you know, just because he's coming from this terrible situation. The second player I'm really liking this year is Philip Lindsay, and it's because he's being picked at running back 51, and I truly think he's just a better running back than David Johnson. I think Philip Lindsay's still a young guy. He still has some room to improve, and David Johnson, everyone knows he's on his way down. He's no longer anywhere near his peak form when he was like a top fantasy running back, and so I just think that Lindsay has a chance to come into this offense and be their number one. People forget that Philip Lindsay rushed for a thousand plus yards as a rookie in 2018 and then again in 2019. 2020 was just rough for him. You know, he was playing behind Melvin Gordon and the Broncos just kind of struggled to use their running backs effectively, especially in the receiving game. 
But so Philip Lindsay, for how low he's being picked, I definitely think he has a lot of value this year. But moving on to the rest of their pass catchers and tight ends, I'm really not going to be interested in anyone else from this offense. You do have some decent weapons like Kiki QT, but I just think this offense isn't going to be able to put up enough yardage and points for any of those guys to be super fantasy relevant. The last team to talk about here is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm honestly starting to become a little bit concerned with this offense in terms of their fantasy production. I think the offense as a whole is going to be pretty solid, but I just think there's too many players that are actually going to be involved. I'm confident that Trevor Lawrence is going to be successful in the NFL, and he'll probably finish this year as a solid QB2. I think you can kind of expect somewhere around Joe Burrow numbers as a rookie. I think he's going to have that kind of impact. But the wide receiver and running back positions are where I have my concerns. In the backfield right now, you've got ETN, who the Jaguars have been hyping up as a really good receiver and someone they like to use in the slot. And right now, it's looking like James Robinson and Carlos Hyde are going to handle a pretty large share of the carries. Obviously, ETN is still going to get some himself, but I mean, it really seems like Urban Meyer is committed to involving all these backs, which obviously is not something you want to hear about for fantasy. If I had to choose a player that I like the most out of this backfield, it would definitely be Travis ETN but not at his current price. Right now, he's going as running back 22, which is before guys like Mike Davis and Miles Gaskin. And I would much rather have a guy like Mike Davis or Miles Gaskin who have really solid opportunities to completely lead their backfields. And these are gonna be some valuable backfields. Miami has a decent offense. The Falcons are gonna have a really explosive offense. And so those players have the opportunity to control the run game and the receiving game in those offenses. And so that's not something I'm gonna pass up by taking a shot on Travis Etienne. I would like him if his price was a little bit lower, but I'm definitely not gonna be buying him at running back 22. At wide receiver, you have DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, and LaVisca Chenault as kind of like the big three in that wide receiver room. And then to go along with that, you have ETN's receiving role. And then really whatever the Jaguars are gonna do with Tim Tebow. Apparently he looks pretty decent. You know, he came in looking jacked. And there's been some talk about them using him in a Taysom Hill type of role. And honestly, I don't think that's a terrible idea. You know, he was an NFL quarterback at one point, and he's still a big dude. He's obviously athletic. So, I mean, getting him in some of those Taysom Hill packages isn't going to hurt. It's obviously not great for fantasy because that's taking away touches from some of the running backs and taking the ball out of Trevor Lawrence's hands. But I don't think it's going to be the worst thing in the world. I'm just really not sure who of those three wide receivers is going to break out as the number one. I think if I had to guess my favorite, it would be a DJ Chark, but I think I'd rather take a shot on Marvin Jones to kind of break out of that group, just because he has by far the cheapest price of those three receivers. It'll be really interesting to see how this Jaguars offense operates in 2021, but right now I'm just kind of skeptical because I really just don't think I know exactly what's going to be going on. And I don't really like playing the guessing game when I'm drafting, you know, some solid picks. If I'm picking a guy to be my running back three or my wide receiver three or four, I kind of want to have a solid idea of what their role is going to be in the offense. You know, I'll take a shot later on guys, you know, maybe my wide receiver five or six. Those are the guys that I'm going to be taking, you know, who may have that high ceiling, but there's a lot up in the air, you know, so maybe someone like Marvin Jones, but I don't want to be spending those top picks on guys who have a lot of uncertainty. All right, so that is going to wrap up the AFC South breakdown. We finished the entire AFC, and so now we're going to be moving on to the NFC in a couple days. I think I'm going to be putting out a player versus player video tomorrow, and then maybe a mock draft after that, but then we'll get right back into the division breakdowns. 
If you guys enjoyed this video, make sure you leave a like and subscribe. That really helps support the channel. And also let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. I'll get back to you. But thank you guys for watching and listening. I'll see you guys tomorrow.